Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. I am so happy to welcome Congresswoman Nancy Mace from South Carolina to the show. She's had a fantastic professional career, I think, just fascinating. And now she's in Congress, and during the conversation about the letter she has sent to the National Institutes of Health on behalf of herself and other people in Congress about uh, cruel and unnecessary testing on puppies, I, I hope to also talk about her career arc and what brought her to Congress. Nancy, thanks for taking the time, but especially for the work you've done, your efforts on behalf of animal testing and animal cruelty in general. I, I really appreciate that because I'm sure there's many, many topics and issues and other people in Congress pulling at your at your coat strings and saying, how about this and how about that and doesn't this matter to you? And I think it's really wonderful that you've taken this on as, as something that you're advocating either for or against, depending on how we we phrase the work that you're trying to interfere with at the NIH. So thank you for the work you're doing, and I hope you're going to be successful. Do you feel that the 24 other bipartisan members of Congress who sent letters to the NIH, and specifically to Fauci before he left, that that has had any impact? Do you feel that the work you're going to do now could change things? It's certainly bringing attention to the issue. And when BeagleGate happened last year, for example, we learned that NIH was spending millions of dollars to drug and kill Beagle puppies. America was outraged. And so the first step that we have to do is uncover all this animal cruelty, all this horrific animal testing that's been happening that by and large Americans are fully unaware of and even members of Congress, which is why groups like white coast waste are so important about doing FOIAs and getting information so that we know better what's going on. And more recently with the letter, you know, to end all dog testing, because the experiments that we hear about, the more we hear the worse it gets. And we're hearing, you know, the national Institute of health NIH, um, you know, try, we're trying to request information uh, about the agency's funding of these cruel experiments so we know what's going on and then and then do what we can to stop it. And 
even in my district back home, we uh, had this island called Morgan Island, but it's nicknamed Monkey Island. And for decades, residents were told, hey, this is a monkey sanctuary. Monkeys that were tested come back here to live and retire and have this great life. We'll come to find out we were all lied to. We found this out last year, too. Oh, my God. That they're taking, you know, over 600 rhesus monkeys a year off this island and using them for animal testing vis-a-vis the, the NIH and others. And and so it's just an issue that brings together also both sides of the aisle. I mean, whether you're far right, far left, right. or somewhere in the middle, all of these issues are largely, by and large, disgusting to most people, regardless of their political affiliation. And this is a place where I've been able to show great bipartisanship and bringing people together. Whether you're talking about QAnon or the squad, no one wants to test cruel, have do cruel tests on, barbaric tests on puppies, okay? We can all agree, at least on... Definitely. And, and, and uh, I guess, you know, when you when you say beagles, that's the that's Snoopy. That's the most one of the most recognizable breeds of dogs and mm-hmm. the most charming and adorable. And then you add the word puppies and then you add the word cruel and then testing. Mm-hmm. And it's just this big, toxic string of words. And for me, of course, that's awful. Um, but for me, the part that is more, almost more disturbing in a in a bigger picture is what in the heck is the NIH actually allowed to do without oversight, without anybody mm-hmm. putting the brakes on? And since I believe, and I'm sure you do, you're a you've been a businesswoman, you've been many things before you became a congresswoman. I love the life that you've led. It's um it's a rich and full life in the business world in the. The, your father is a, a retired army general. You went to the Citadel. There's, you've you've seen all parts of the world and how they work. What is going on there? It feels so bad, so wrong, so evil, and so I'm guessing driven by money. And that's sort of what I'm wondering. Right. And they, Where does the buck funding. stop? What is the mechanism? Yeah, what some, is the machinery? Yeah, and they're getting funding, and sometimes they send that funding overseas to do tests they, w- they would never be allowed to do on dogs here. Yes. And so we know that's going on. We know that the exposure by me exposing Beaglegate last year and exposing the money, the millions that have been spent to, to kill puppies, we do know now that we believe you know Dr. Fauci uh, canceled about $2 million worth of um, testing on puppies this year because of the pressure exerted by members of Congress through our letters, through our attention to this issue, having it in the press, having the media cover the story, they, they canceled about $2 million worth of puppy testing this year alone because of that pressure from Congress, from members on both sides of the aisle. So we have been affected to some degree, a limited degree. I would love to have the NIH come into Congress and tell us what they're doing and where they're doing it and how much they're spending and how many how many lives, dog lives are being killed as a result of these horrific tests. And, and so the American public deserves to know. And, and so um, we've been very effective in the last year, and we're going to continue to put the pressure on them, regardless of who's in charge. Well, that's, that's great. But, th- but then there's sort of a, a, a primary question, which is, how come I never had to answer those questions before? I know it's kind right. of a theoretical question, and your letter is very well written and has the signatures of many other people in Congress, and they're mostly rhetorical questions, and we can go over some of mm-hmm. them. But an intelligent person, even mildly intelligent, says, what? 
the National Institutes for Health that we think of as, oh, they're protecting us, they're doing good things on behalf of our health as American people, is actually churning, literally churning millions, at some point hundreds of millions of dollars to do experimentation that nobody has signed off on and who would sign off on it other than the people that are actually churning the money? It's, it's this money churn because the thing that strikes me, and I'm sure you is, and this letter makes it very clear, almost $2 million in just this one particular puppy testing on a flu vax, a flu something, mm-hmm. asthma, allergy, something that had nothing to do with dogs and there's no relationship between dogs and humans in that medical situation, that nobody has any oversight. We kind of think of the government in some mm-hmm. pristine ways having checks and balances. Where are the checks and balances with the NIH? How come they've never yeah. had to answer this, these questions yeah. before? And we can, send, we can send all the letters we want. The NIH, I mean, they rarely respond to them. Fauci, never, right? Wow. And And, you know, when we learned about Beaglegate last year and uncovered via white coat waste and, and others, the FOIAs that we're putting out there. I mean, we learned about some of these tests where dogs were bitten to death by flies and insects. I mean, some of these, these experiments we're talking about are so horrific. You don't need a fly to eat the face of a dog, you know, to test cosmetics or anything else for that reason. I right. mean, it's just unnecessary. And the FDA, they don't, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, doesn't require the animals be used in and testing anymore, the cosmetics or, or drug testing, et cetera. And so this kind of thing we need to expose, as horrific as it is, expose it so people know where their tax dollars are going and how disgusted they should be with what the federal government is doing with that money. And we got to put a stop to it. So having you having been a businesswoman before, and, and you're just uh, you're, I think your personal biography is, is completely fascinating. I, I love the life you've led, and it, I, I, maybe there's many well-rounded people in Congress. I sometimes think of politicians as just being politicians in some you know capital P way, but you've lived a very full life. If you were to go into a business and you've been a businesswoman, and you looked at a business that was as corrupt. That's an easy word. I mean, it's, we're not talking about a South American dictatorship. The NIH, by all rights, looks completely corrupt, out of control, not under the control of, of right-minded people. Is there something like disbanding it and starting fresh? It seems so rotten from the core, if you will. This is my it's an opinion, but it's based on everything that I've been learning through White Coast Waste Project, yourself and other state senators who've, you know, mm-hmm. ended the beagle breeding, let's say, in Virginia mm-hmm. or Maryland. But then, of course, it crops up somewhere else. Is it not a broken system? I'm going to say corrupt. Maybe that's a, an adjective that I don't have the right to use. It's all of the above. It's broken. It is corrupt. But the problem with the federal government is once you create a program or an agency it never goes away. That program never wow. gets shut down. And so, it you know, we're always fighting an uphill battle. And it's the bureaucrats running the bureaucracy. If this were a business, this business would be Chapter 7, would be bankrupt a long time ago because the market yes. would have corrected it and don't yes. want this. And that business would have failed. But instead, because the federal government, even through COVID, has been getting record tax revenue for years, they just don't feel responsible with the money that they're getting, which is more than it's ever been. 
And, and so these bureaucrats, they feel more emboldened than ever. And it's not just about the puppy testing at NIH or NIAID or any of the many of other, you know, testing that we're seeing. It's not just that. It's in every single area. And you have these investigations and Republicans are about to be in the majority and they're going to have their investigations. just like Democrats had investigations over the last two years. But no one, it seems, and it feels like no one is ever held to account. No one's ever held accountable. They don't go to jail. They don't get fined. They don't get even, they don't even get fired from their jobs. But right. as you rightly point out, this were the private sector. You would not have a job if this is the program you were running. And people were aware of it. You just want you you would your your business would cave. It would not exist. It's so it, there's some kind of an irony that you have to be elected by people who actually look at who you are, listen to how you talk, look at your life, as well as the other Congress people and senators. So the people representing us and being our representatives in Washington in the government are the ones that are held accountable to the people voting for them, and you don't make a whole lot of money, that's for darn sure. And yet the the government itself that that is the, the place you go, the pond you're going to go to swim in, is, you know, lifetime employees, lifetime legacy. Can never fired. It, isn't I mean, that, they I mean, so many, it's, they can never, it's almost impossible to fire them. And so here you are who could be fired in terms of being voted in or out, as well as your colleagues, and you are answerable to your constituents. But you're trying to move this rock, this giant rock, with a little hammer, mm-hmm. a little chisel, and you don't have very long to do it, and you have to pick your battles. And is everyone frustrated? I mean, obviously, anything to do with this animal testing, you, you make a you, – you ha- it's a whack-a-mole. You had good success with BeagleGate. You did a great job. Mm-hmm. Now we've got puppy testing, cruel puppy testing. You know, those words are really strong. And maybe you'll have mm-hmm. success with this too. But the NIH is going to crop up some other place. And as you said, outsource it to China, outsource it to countries that don't oh, have absolutely. animal protection. Or Tunisia or some other, yes. some other country. That That's what they will do. Inevitably, if they're not doing it already, they will be doing that next. And um, that's why it's important to have people, regardless of party affiliation, who are going to be willing to stand up and call it out for what it is, and which is what we've been trying to do. And we have a great team of people, different organizations that bring these issues to the forefront and let us know about it so that we can work to expose it. Because number one, people got to be aware of it that's and know right. how bad it is and what's going on. And then two, what can we do about it? And that's what our next steps are, is having hearings putting forth legislation to end it. Uh, and that's what needs to happen. Well, you know, I admire you for for having that fortitude to, to carry on knowing that, you know, what the right hand sees, the left hand doesn't. And oh, my God, now what are they doing? Is it what can your average citizen do? Obviously, we vote in they people like you. They can write their lawmakers. They can yeah, write. I would encourage them to write their lawmakers to call their offices for the member of Congress that represents them and let them know how they feel about these issues. Tell them about the letter. Tell them about um, some of the bills we've been working on. I, I do a lot of animal rights work. I have a number of pieces of legislation. You can Google my name, Nancy right. Mace, spelled like the pepper spray. <laughs> Sweeter, <laughs> I'd like to say. But, and, and see what we're doing, and then ask their members of Congress to get on board. This shouldn't be controversial. 
this should be a place where everybody can find some agreement, regardless whether you have an R or a D or an right. I or independent right. by your name. Well, I don't think that it, it has anything to do with you know political affiliation. I, I think mm-hmm. part of it has to do with a belief, a hope on the part of you guys have belief and hope or you wouldn't be there, that you can make a difference, that you can make mm-hmm. change. I think a and lot we of, are. And you are. Okay. So so do, does us making calls to the person that represents us, whether it's Congress or Senate, does that call saying, please follow what Nancy Mace is doing in animal rights? I mean, just something very simple mm-hmm. so people don't have to very go into simple. the granular. Very nice you call in and you tell them, hey, we're, we're, we want you to be supportive of her efforts to stem the tide of puppy testing, right? Good. An NIH or NIAID, for example, get on board with her. I mean, those are the kinds of things. And sending an email, usually most of us on our on our congressional websites have a form. You can contact the office and send an email or get the phone number and make a phone call or handwrite a letter and tell them how important it is. And you know, I, I think about it, the one of the reasons I'm so passionate about these issues is when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And I have this bright pink photo album that my grandmother gave me when I was four or five years old. And it was all these newspaper clippings from all these beautiful animals from around the world that were in this small newspaper from Hampton, South Carolina, where, where she was from. And most of us are just so passionate about yes. wildlife, the environment and yes. animals and animal cruelty. And this does make and will make, your voices will make a huge difference in getting members of Congress to pay attention to what's going on and then getting on board with the work that we're doing. And I appreciate you bringing to light that uh, that this is happening. People all around the country need to know. Everybody needs to know and everybody needs to get on board with what you're doing because you are a really wonderful and consistent voice. Thank you for, for the time you've spent with, with us, Nancy Mace, and for the work you're continuing to do. I'm going to encourage everyone to speak up to the people that represent them so they can stand behind what you're doing. Bravo to you and all of your brave colleagues. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support all of these companies because they stand behind my mission, which is to bring you delightfully informative Pet Talk Radio. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like no-hide chews and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which sometimes is all that my Weimaraner Maisie will eat. I'm very grateful also to Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two extraordinary women, Allison and Hannah, who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.